Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your on camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. But like sometimes our brand and I feel most of the time our brand is bigger than ourselves and bigger than what we like or what we want. It's just a reflection of all the pieces of us mm. and the pieces of us that we want to be. Yeah, yeah. You said something a little while back that was really good and I wanted to, to question you on what you meant. So you said, what makes it you and put the volume up? Like, so what do you mean by that? So like if you you see something that you think, yeah, I'm, not, I'm that sort of person. So, you know, I like to laugh and I like to have fun and I, you know, how do you mean put the volume up? Like, how would that sound in a practical way? Absolutely. So you are fun and you like gin. And then if I go to your Instagram, for example, and I don't see anything around that, for me, at least there's this like 
misconnection because I hear you in your podcast. I'm already laughing, and in my head, we're already friends. I mean, I've yeah, never met, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, there's there's one one side that I'm like, yes, I do that when I was talking to you in my head. Um, but then that creates dissonance. Like you're saying you're one thing, and you're mm. I see you somewhere else, and you're other. Kind of what you were saying earlier. So putting the volume out loud is every touch point, which just every place that I talk to my clients or my client sees me. Mm. I want to be the same. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, episode 238. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, and I am your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you are a business owner who is striving to build a business and a life that you dream of on your own terms and doing something that you love, then this is the podcast for you. Each week, I will share with you business, marketing, and mindset tools and strategies that I have used to start and grow my own dream business, as well as the dream businesses of hundreds of business owners from around the world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hello, and a really warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. As always, I am your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you are new, welcome to this wonderful family that we have. You are most welcome. If you're a returning listener, thank you so very much. I appreciate you all greatly. Okay, this week we have an interview with the lovely Martha and we're going to be talking all about brand. Now, I know some of you might be sat there thinking, you know, brands and brand conversations are only for big businesses, you know, and things like value, brand values and tone and all this sort of thing might only be for big businesses. But what is so nice about this conversation is how we open it up to basically say, no, this is everyone and everything. And your brand, especially, I almost feel like it's more important when you're a small business because it represents you entirely. It represents who you are. And if you've been following me for a while, you know, I went through a brand change not that long ago. And in fact, I was going through the brand change and design elements while I did the interview. And actually as a as a business owner, as a solopreneur, or as someone who, like me, you are the face of your business, that brand really has to represent me. And the reason I changed my brand was because it didn't fit. It didn't fit any longer. I had changed from the person who initially started that, you know, the business with that brand. So it's a really good conversation. I really enjoyed chatting to Martha and I think you're going to get a lot from it. But before I introduce her to you, I just want to take a minute to remind you that Build My List is open and you can buy. It's available on my website and at TeresaHeatherang.com forward slash Build My List. Last week, we talked all about email lists and the do's and don'ts. So if you are still thinking about that, if you are still thinking, oh yeah, that's on my to-do list. Finally, imagine, oh, just imagine like ticking that off and getting people onto your email list. So good. So yeah, do go and check that out if you're wanting to build your list. Okay. So today we're chatting to Martha Christina Garza, who is a luxury brand strategist and marketing expert based in Brooklyn, New York. She helps visionary six and seven figure entrepreneurs find clarity, focus, and direction to expand their brand, reach revenue, and impact so they can change the world. Most of her clients are high ticket coaches, luxury brands, in jewellery, fashion and hospitality industries. But before opening her boutique consultancy, she led her marketing efforts for brands like Cartier. So she has, has, sorry, almost a decade of corporate marketing experience and her background is in industry and jewellery design. So yeah, she was 
fab. So, so good. Really good conversation. I think you're going to take away a lot from this. So here is the lovely Martha. Okay, so it's my pleasure today to welcome to the podcast, Martha Christina Garza. Martha, how are you doing? I am doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries. And you guys can't see because you're listening to this podcast, but Martha's got the most amazing lipstick on. I love the color. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously get the important stuff in out the way. Uh, Yeah, you look fabulous, fabulous. Um, Thank you. Martha, what we do at the beginning of every interview is we get you to explain to my audience who you are and how you got to do what you're doing today. So if you are happy, that'd be a great start. Absolutely. So I am a Brooklyn-based Mexican luxury brand strategist. And I got here in a very funny way. When I was little, I thought I wanted to be a jewelry designer. And I actually went ahead and went for it. I went to industrial design school, went to New York, became a jewelry designer. And then I got this um, scholarship for a master's in Italy. So I went ahead and did a master's in marketing for luxury. Super specific. I was like, great. Now I know how to design jewelry, how to make it. And now I'm going to go learn how to sell it. That was my master plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I got there and then I fell in love with marketing there. Why? Because in Mexico, where I grew up, marketing was only about numbers. And it is. And it also is not, right? It's about this beautiful storytelling. Mm -hmm. And everything I did in Italy was around that. So I fell in love and I was like, this is fun. This is easy. And I love it. And I was not looking for it, but my director from the program got me an interview at my like dream company, which was Cartier. And wow. I landed that job. That was my first job at 23. And I wanted to, I, I remember crying because I was like, I am not European. My chances are on the floor <laughs> to get this. Yeah. And I ended up getting it. And I fell in love. I was in Italy for another year working there. And then I moved to the US to work with European companies. So it kind of was the journey I was not expecting in the US. I went from retail to hospitality to even manufacturing jewelry, which was kind of back to right. my back to zero, right? Yeah. And it was beautiful and I loved it. And for me, I think my favorite part was the part about like taking care of the brand, helping the brand move forward, helping like convey the message. And the fun thing is I got to work with a lot of European brands, Italian, German, French, and Danish. And bringing how they talked in their countries to the U.S. and how the U.S. talks was such a cool challenge. Mm. So I think that translation of like values and heart and story really, really enamored me. And I always thought, though, brand strategists were they're very special people. And I wasn't one of them. I wasn't mm. that special. I wasn't that gifted. I could never be one. And last year, there was something that it clicked inside of me when I heard two people, three people talking about brand strategy and when it actually was, they were like, yeah, these people have an eye for design. I'm like, I have a design background. I've been kind of designing in secret in all my career. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, yeah, they understand business and marketing. I'm like, I almost have a decade in corporate marketing. I have that too. Yeah. And then 2019, I got certified as a life coach. And I'm like, I know how to ask questions. This is like a brand strategist in a nutshell. Yeah. So I decided to go for it. And it was the scariest thing I ever done in my life. Um, last year during the pandemic, I was furloughed and then I was let go. And by the moment I was let go, I already had a big smile on my face. I already had sold my first thing for $500, which is nothing if you live in New York, but I was so excited that someone yeah, yeah. wanted $500, right? So the reason I got here was this, for me, the storytelling piece. And it just feels like right now my job is to be a matchmaker 
But instead of like two people that love each other, it's a client and a company. And I really, really believe that that's my job as a brand strategist. And I enjoy every single day of it. I love it. I love it. So, and I really like the way that you just talked there about the fact of, you know, you're bringing people together. And sometimes, like, I think, because my, my background is fully in marketing. I've done it for like 16, 17 years. I have a degree in it. And I worked for some huge, huge companies like Land Rover and Jaguar. And like, I think when people think brand and brand strategy, they think it's just exclusively for those massive companies. And in my experience, it's not. Is that what you think? Yes, exactly. It's not. I think we all have a brand. Are we curating it or not? And the thing is, my belief is that we don't create it. People create it in their own heads. So my Martha Garza brand is in people's heads. And I love that right now, most of the time it matches with what I want it to match, right? Mm -hmm. That's the job. And I have a brand and you have a personal brand and you have the podcast brand, but your own personal brand is what others think of you. We can influence it though. And if we're not actively pursuing the act of influencing it in an ethical way, then people can think whatever they want and that's what they're going to tell others about you. And that's how the chain works, right? Mm. And we think because we're small, we're like, oh, we're not ready to be a brand. You are already a brand. You're just not yeah. taking care of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it changes as well, even on a personal brand. So funnily enough, I am going through a rebrand as we interview, as we record this interview. And the reason I'm going through a rebrand is because although I like my brand, and there are elements that are reflective of me. There are some elements where I'm more grown up than that now, or where I have found myself fall in the industry. Like I saw a brilliant quote on a lady who's coming on actually. And she said, she's Chanel, not Target. And it's like, you know, so that's like, yeah, I'm Chanel, not Target. Like, and that's fine. Like, that's just understanding who you are and what you offer. And I have a lot of experience. I coach coaches. I, you know, and, and therefore some of my branding was a little bit silly or I felt, I, mean, I think silly is a wrong word to describe it, but it just wasn't quite sitting right. But there's still elements of my brand. And it's funny because I had a photo shoot done a while back. And um, one of the part of the photo shoot was me holding a cocktail glass because I talk all the time the fact of like, I love a gin and a fizz and celebrating and having fun. And, and again, it was like showing that persona in that brand, isn't it? Yes. And I love that you say that. I actually love that from your website where you're like, and I love tea. And by tea, I mean tea. <laughs> everyone thinks um, of British. We love tea. I hate tea. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, there's like these two aspects. And I love that you, what you said, because for me, I consider myself the same. Like I've, I worked in luxury and for the longest, I love one part of your, one of your podcasts where you were saying, it's hard for me to say all the things, the great things I do. And yeah. I struggle with that so much. And I feel like it's marrying that, like all the knowledge and the expertise. I feel like sometimes expertise, people's perception is that it's fought with having a good time or being fun or showcasing mm. personality. And I always say there's like these two sides of the coin of brand. One is your brand's like heart and values, like how you do things, like the mastery that you show the knowledge, the expertise, like you said, coaches, coach of coaches. Mm -hmm. The other side of the coin is the brand personality, which you can be pretty much anything you want. And still this doesn't move like the foundation of who you are and your values and your purpose in the world and how you deliver and how you do it. Like you said, 
I am a channel, not a target. Exactly that. Yeah. Versus a personality. And I was telling my friend, you could be one of my clients. I was telling her, you could be the joker or the fun person and be elegant. Like I, I am a luxury brand. I mostly work with luxury brands or high ticket coaches, mm-hmm. consultants, you know, experts. And I am always laughing. I'm always having yeah. fun. I feel like people think like professional or expert or luxury has to be boring or stuffy. Um, I'm like, have yeah. you seen our men? Like they are the luxury brand and they're having fun. They're even hard caricatures on their windows. They're like really playful. You can be yeah. luxury and you can be playful. You can be luxury and you can have a good time. And I think it's kind of like when you and me go to a ball, we wear a gown. And yeah. when we go to the beach, we wear a swimsuit. That doesn't make us less us, right? And that's exactly yeah. how brand shows up. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think one thing we go on a lot about in marketing is authenticity. And sometimes it can be a bit overused, but that's exactly what that brand is there to do. It's to show us as we are, whether, you know, exactly as we as we are as a human. Because if you come to my site and you see fun and you see, you know, me with a glass of fizz in my hand or smiling or laughing and some of the face, you know, when I've got like big laugh on my face and then you meet me and I'm serious and I'm like, well, I don't drink. And I'm like, what are you setting people up for? So it's being confident and going, this is who I am and putting that in your brand. And again, like, I guess it, you know, you have conversations around things like colors and fonts and imagery and that sort of stuff. Yes. So we first start with uh, the foundation. So who you are, why does it matter? Who's your competitors and how do you stand out from them? Like, let's actually bring up the thing that makes you you and put the volume up because Mm -hmm. that's the thing that's going to kill it. And then the last part we go is the personality. And after those three pieces are done, then we jump into colors and then we jump into uh, design. So colors, fonts, and then your final design that showcases all that we do here. What I find is a lot of entrepreneurs just jump to the color or just jump to the other things without thinking of these things. And honestly, it's as a business owner myself, I don't have a brand book. I was, I always joke about this. I was like, my clients' brand books are incredible and they want to see mine. And I'm like, you cannot because because I haven't got one. (laughs) That's brilliant. So I think it's normal, you know, for us not to sit down and think about these things. And sometimes it feels like a hard thing. That's why having someone to chat with even a good friend and say, okay, let's talk about why I'm doing this. Why does it matter? Why do I care? Because we think that our experience is shared. That's another thing. Like we think like, oh, everyone feels this way. I used to tell my sister, I thought everyone that went to see a Broadway show wanted to be on the stage. And she's like, nope, that's definitely on me. That's all you. You know, (laughs) it's that we think I was talking to one of my clients and he's building this bread business. And he was saying like, I mean, every time I, I only do it because of a, it's a good business idea. I mean, every time I enter a restaurant, the bread is not good. And I'm like, do you realize that not everyone just goes into a restaurant to check the bread? Like the bread. Not- yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's French and he's like, well, when I, and then I told him, but why bread? He's like, oh, when I was little, I used to go get the bread with my dad every morning. And it was my favorite part of the day. And I always dreamed of being a baker. And then I couldn't because my parents wouldn't allow it. And... I'm like, that's your story. That's what we were looking for. And sometimes we just hide that because we think it's irrelevant because we think people won't care. And I always tell my clients, like people fall in love with those stories because it connects them to themselves and their own story of what they do, what they do. Um, So going back to that, yes, like I feel like that piece for me is the most important part. And from there, we draw everything that we create and design and in color and 
I, I think color has a lot of meaning. I used mm-hmm. to joke that also, like, I love red lipstick. I've always worn this for maybe 11 years now. And it's the same color, it's the same brand. And I didn't like to wear it red because I used to think I'm, I'm a Latina in the U.S. I'm like, it's so stereotypical. I am never going to wear red. Uh, and my, my brand color now is red. And yeah. I embraced it. And I, and I hated yellow growing up. And it's my secondary color. Why? Because red is fashion. And, you know, it's power and yellow is excitement and joy and fun. So Mm. they do connect. And now I have embraced them. And in the beginning, I was like, am I sure I want to go with those colors? But like sometimes our brand, and I feel most of the time our brand is bigger than ourselves and bigger than what we like or what we want. It's just a reflection of all the pieces of us Mm. and the pieces of us that we want to be. Yeah, yeah. You said something a little while back that was really good. And I wanted to to question you on what you meant. So you said, what makes it you and put the volume up? Like, so what do you mean by that? So like, if you, you see something that you think, yeah, I'm that, I'm that sort of person. So, you know, I like to laugh and I like to have fun and I, you know, how do you mean put the volume up? Like, how would that sound in a practical way? Absolutely. So you are fun and you like gin. And then if I go to your Instagram, for example, and I don't see anything around that. For me, at least there's this like misconnection because I hear you in your podcast, I'm already laughing and in my head, we're already friends. I mean, I've yeah, never met, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like there's, there's one, one side that I'm like, yes, I do that when I was talking to you in my head. Um, but then that creates dissonance. Like you're saying you're one thing and you're, mm. I see you somewhere else and you're other, kind of what you were saying earlier. So putting the volume out loud is every touch point which just every place that I talk to my clients or my client sees me, mm-hmm. I want to be the same. A brand for me is like we're building a human. So this yeah. human that we're building, it has to look the same everywhere. And there's part of us that feels like when we're writing, we just turn into this stiff monster, you know? Mm-hmm. Like how can be we so full of life? And then we write something and it just feels like we killed it because we think we have to be professional, quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we remove personality. So by putting the volume up for me, it's like, I hope you find these are the three things that make you so unique. Like mm. this is so incredible in your industry. Nobody has this. I was chatting with a lactation consultant and I think she told me in her city, there are only 12 of them like certified, whatever. Why? And she's like, and I'm the only dentist that is a lactation consultant. And you know, that has to do a lot with the babies and how they latch yeah, and yeah, all yeah. these things. And I was like, that is your thing. And you know? we yeah. have to talk about how dentistry and lactation connect and how you're the only one that is doing this. So finding the onlyness and then also finding the personality that you want to be. She said, the other lactation consultant that I was working with, she was laughing at my face and I was in a very vulnerable moment and she was not trying to be mean, but I don't want to be that to people. I want to be caring and loving. I'm like, okay, embrace those things. Yeah, And that's what I mean about putting the volume up, like be that, but be that even more than you would normally be as a human. Because mm-hmm. again, the brand and you're a marketer, you know how many times we have to see a brand to even see it. Yeah. And as a small entrepreneur, we get tired. We're like, okay, I already talked about this three times. Everyone yeah. must know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is absolutely not true. So that's the volume being get your messaging clear and then talk about it often and show up the same everywhere with the same three things that for you make it boring for the person on the other side of the window they might be just hearing it for the first second or even yeah. 15 times and just noticing you. So give that's, them time. That's such a good point. And, and like you said, it, that turning up the volume, the having to make it more obvious is 
is really key because like I said, people don't see stuff and they'll come to something and you'll think, oh, well, I did a story about that three weeks ago. And it's like, yeah, well, they can't see that now, can they? So, okay, I've got a question to ask. So, and this is like now I'm using this as my own personal time, listeners, just so you know, I'm completely (laughs) hijacking my own podcast to get my own advice. So my brand, I had this discussion just yesterday with someone. So a friend of mine who sees and and works with my business stuff, she came to me and said, I want to, I want to say something to you, but I don't want to upset you in case it does. And I'm like, I'm not very easily upset. She said, I feel like you are two completely different ends of the spectrum. She's like, you're the champagne end, high end quality, really good at what you do. You coach coaches. You, She goes, but, and you're expensive, like, and you should be expensive because you're high end. But then I have this massive part of me that is soft and caring and loving where I I want to charge what I'm worth, but I feel bad because there are small business owners out there who can't afford that. And therefore I need something to, or I want to offer them something at a point that they can afford it. And I don't want to ignore them because often when people are looking to build a business, especially in the online space, they want people with money. They want to put out the $2,000 signature course. And yeah, I might have the quality $2,000 signature course, but my concern is, the people, some people can't afford that. And I don't want to just be that person. So is it possible, I think is what I'm trying to say, to be one end and the other end? Like, how can I be like, I am quality and expensive, but I'm not forgetting about those of you who are just starting or those of you who don't have the money yet. And therefore I'm creating something to help you. Is that is that really conflicting? No, I don't think it's conflicting. And I think it arrives to this time. I was helping, I was talking to one of my clients and we were like, we're building an ecosystem, right? And the very high top part of the ecosystem, it's you with your one-on-one client, which is the very highest level, which is the most expensive piece and which also is limited. And that is absolutely fine. And then we're going to build resources. So there's ways that either, and I told she was like, I don't want to do courses. I was like, that's not the only way to the business. I feel mm-hmm. like, what you were saying earlier, we see it, what everyone has doing online and we're like, that's the only way, I that's, guess. We've now got it's to a do membership. It that yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the thing. I, I don't think so. And I, I hear you because what you're saying, I was just saying the exact same words last year. And I'm like, how can I do this? And I help these people. Yeah. And what I found out is that by, first of all, by serving my clients in this high level that are paying five figures to work with me. I am having a lot more free time to create for others. So I mean, your podcast is incredible and it's already one source. If people listen to it and take yes. note and go and apply things, that gonna, alone, like... Yeah, they've got something, that, haven't that, they? Exactly. I'm like, I, I was even like with your systems thing, I was like, yeah, I need to get my systems <laughs> together because we grew from two to five and I'm like, no. So that's one thing. The other is, okay, why can I create? that it's maybe me here. So in my own business, like working with me, starts at 10K for a full rebrand. And I was like, yeah. And a lot of people that can afford it. Actually, I couldn't afford it when I was starting yeah. out. There's no way. Um, so I created um, a smaller fat fee package, which is for people that already pass a 100K. And I'm like, yes, mm. but what if they haven't even passed 100K? So yeah. now for the very first time ever, I am doing this workshop series and I'm pricing them $100 per yeah. like 
call. So it's yeah. very, very affordable for people that are starting out. Mm. And my way of thinking is one day when they're ready, they'll be yeah. my customers, you know? Absolutely. And this way I can help so many more in a way that's sustainable for me too, because mm. I hear you, like you want to help others, but then you also can stretch yourself too thin. Yeah. Um, and it, it's finding that balance. And I think you could still be that Chanel. Like, and also Target makes a lot of money, you know, there's, there's yeah. I mean, for people that are listening to us <laughs> because we're both, yes, we're the Chanel. Like I'm like, I, I always tell my clients very I'm well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, I can help you become the Cartier of your business because that's my client's desire. And if you are the target, if you are the girl next door, I assure you there's people out there for you looking for you as well. Yeah. So I feel like having that very clear, but for people that aspire to one day work with you one-on-one, I just had someone reach out to me and said, hey, I'm stuck with this. And I known her within a community together mm-hmm. and I helped her for 10 minutes. And she was like, yeah. Martha, just blew my mind. I'm going to go do this. And then she was like, and you're on the top of my list from when I'm ready to invest in brands. Exactly. I know I'm going to hire you. So... And I think for for what I see from here is like you're that in your podcast mm. and you can be that in a like lower one to many. And yeah. it doesn't have to be, you know, every month or like a whole thing. It could be yeah. something small that you offer so they get to know you and then they get to put you there for when they're ready. And I had people yeah. tell me when I'm ready. And then a year later, they send me an email. OK, send me the invoice. And I'm like. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 and they do come, that. don't they? Like I often I, I get frustrated with some people where, like I said, they're not interested in the in the people who aren't ready for them yet or people who aren't in their budget yet. And it's like, you know it will come. Like when they say, when because I do a lot of speaking and and I will pretty much if I am free and it's in my world, I'm more than happy to speak for free. And they might say to me, Yeah, but you know, the audience can't afford you. And it's like, no, maybe not today. Well, who says they can't afford you? I did a great interview the other day with um, a lady from the group that we're in. And she was talking about the fact of like, what if you walked into um, Audi and I have some nice Audi cars and they took one look at me and went, you can't afford this and offered me the lower end thing. I'd be livid. Like, wouldn't we? We'd be so angry. Like, so we should never presume it either. But I think, you know, lots of people just take face value of, oh, they're not there yet. Therefore, I'm not even interested in them. And it's like, no. I love this so much because I remember I was, um, someone tagged me in a post in a, in a group that has like 50,000 women entrepreneurs wow. and they're from all sizes and and they were looking for a designer and like all these people were tagged, maybe over 300, I'm not kidding. And she messaged me. She's like, I love, I was like, hey, we can help you. Um, and I had created this smaller package and she was just starting out. Mind you, she was working in a supermarket making cakes and she wanted to start her own venture wow. in middle America. So I live in New York and, you know, New York's expensive, but like, I know the difference. I mean, I was yeah. charging New York prices. She's yeah. in the middle of the U.S. And I always tell my mom, that was my client that paid me the most because the rate wasn't that expensive, but she invested more than her 10% of her annual annual salary on me. Wow. And for wow. me, I was mind blown. And she raves about it, the experience, about the results, about, and I saw her, she created a food truck and I saw our logo that we made for her in the food truck. And it was just such a beautiful experience yeah. to see how much value. And I also talked to a million dollar business owner. She like does million dollar a year. And for visual brand, we only charge 5K and I'm like, she could do it with her eyes closed. Yeah. And she decided not to invest in it and went another way. 
And I'm like, wow, she has a million dollar business and she didn't value this. And it's okay. It's just, she's not my client, you know? And this other woman that I may have thought, how is she going to afford me? She's like, I don't know, Nebraska. How is she going to spend money on me? And she ended up buying my package and raving about it and valuing it so much. So like, we never know. I love that. I love that you tell that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You just don't know. And and it's priorities that came down to priority for her. That was that was big on her priority list that she was willing to go. Actually, I am willing to spend a decent amount of money on this. Something else might not have been a priority, and therefore she wouldn't have done. But yeah, that's brilliant. So one of the reasons we got you on, but we got completely like talking about all this, which has been brilliant, <laughs> by the way, absolutely brilliant. But one of the reasons we got you on is because we were talking in the group, or I asked in the group about people who had. Uh, experience imposter syndrome and how that kind of showed up. And obviously you started your business. I could imagine actually in the high end level and obviously Land Rover and Jaguar were high end. Like there's a whole lot of making it, uh, fake until you make it type situation. Cause it's like a lot of people with a lot of money and it's like, do I fit in here? I'm not entirely sure. But tell me what happened then when you started your business and what showed up in terms of imposter syndrome for you? Totally. I love what you said about the fitting in part. I used to be in the Cartier headquarters and I, I was using tongs. I don't know if you're familiar with the shoes. I used to wear tongs every day and they're like this espadrille, very like eco-friendly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Everyone bless. was wearing, you know, like incredible heels and stuff, but it yeah. was just me and I couldn't, I couldn't be anything that bought me, right? For the imposter syndrome. So the first thing that came uh, was I can do it there. You know, I could do it in these big companies. Yeah. I could even do it in the manufacturer, even if it was a new thing for me. I cannot do it here. Who mm. the hell do I think I am? Mm. Like, yes, I can create massive results in retail. I could do that's for others. That's because I have this big brand backing me up. Who the hell is Martha Garza? Yeah. Who the hell is going to hire me? What do I, yeah, who do I think I am? Like, the biggest voice was that. And also, like, like a, an avalanche of memories of all the mistakes I've made. Like, oh. do you remember when you were doing this opening in Fifth Avenue and you fucked this up? Sorry for yeah. my language. <laughs> like, when you messed this shit up? And I'm yeah. like, oh, yes. And like, why would anyone trust that person? And like, instead of thinking of all the really great things I've done, I was like, yes, like this, this is, or this is a fluke. My yeah. first month, I still remember, like, I, my first month, I saw that $500 thing, but my second month was, $13,000 out of jewelry sales. Cause I was still selling jewelry, yeah. making jewelry and then marketing in that or brand. And I was like, this is going to end. This is going to like every month. I remember crying, like, this is not going to work out. This is going to end. Mm-hmm. I remember like a big, big, uh, uh, entrepreneur. She's like an eight figure coach messaged me, invited me to her podcast. And I was like, Sure. And they told me it's going to be in September. And I'm like, well, I have a business by then. <laughs> oh, thing. that's brilliant. That is- I was like, it's going to, this is going to break into pieces. And then when I hired my first person, I was like, she quit her job to come with me. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up. You know? yeah. Like this doom was very heavy. And I, I, I would cry. I'm like, God bless my my partner, because I would cry with him and say, like, I just feel so stressed and heavy. And I used to be in hospitality and retail. Like we were worked 80 hour day, yeah. 80 hour weeks, you know, and move around and like check the stores and make sure everything is working, openings, whatever. And this felt heavier, even if I was doing, I don't know, mm. 30 hours a week. But the, the weight of the business was so, so heavy. And yeah. I 
think it was really hard to continue because I felt like I wasn't enough. Like I am not ready. And something that I didn't mention in the beginning was this like marker I had that you needed 10 years in marketing before I started my own business. And I only had eight and a half. How dare I? <laughs> like, geez, you didn't, you know nothing until you've done at least nine years. I mean, I'm amazed <laughs> you must. Like, again, like, this is the funny thing that really makes me laugh about, well, it doesn't make me laugh, it makes me like bemused about like the whole imposter syndrome and, and our head. Like, there are people I know who are currently selling a course in something that they only just bought a course in. Like they bought a course, they learned how to do it. And then now they're selling a course, having never been successful in that thing. And yet to listen to them, you might think, wow, they've got it all sussed or someone might put their trust in them. I've been in marketing for a flipping long time. You've done marketing for a long time. And yet we're sat here going, do we really know what we're talking about? Like, is it, is it okay? And that then impacts I don't know about you, but you know, that impacts on me being able to go, no, I'm, I'm awesome. Like I'm really good at this stuff because in the back of my head's going, well, are you though? Like, I know there's 16 years and a degree. I know you've run your own business for seven years now, but probably isn't probably just a fluke. Well done you. Like it's a nightmare. I know. I hear you. And I love that. I feel like I was telling one of my friends, cause he was like, I want to do something like you're doing, but I don't know. He worked as like head of like projects for future escaping. So he plans a future for brands like Starbucks wow. and Target. And he was like, I don't know if I could do something. I'm like, are you crazy? Like yeah. we were talking and I was like, it's so funny how the, for me, the people that I've seen that are the most prepared are the ones that doubt themselves the most. Like the people that know the most about exiting are like, I don't know. My sister was doing a, she's a brand manager here in Mexico. So we do mm-hmm. very similar things. Yeah. And she was taking a, a, a diploma in our uh, campus here that we went to college and they were teaching about some brand basics. And she has already studied with Martin Meyer. He's like the father of branding. So I went through his programs and then she did it too. And they were passing his videos in the school and they were debating something and they were like, no, 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 Anna, you're wrong. It should be this way. Like the exercise should be done this way. And I told her, you should have told them. I actually went with him. I know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I feel like when we know so much, it's just so easy to kind of step back. And I love what you said about people just buying a course and then teaching about it. I'm part of a community of brand strategists. And there's this guy that he's like, he was doing, I don't know, surfing or something and decided to be a brand strategist. Yeah. He literally sold his first strategy for more money than my friend. <laughs> like he was selling around oh my same my money. Gosh. And he said, oh, I didn't even buy the course because our mentor, one of my mentors offers a course. He's like, I just took his book, his $20 book. And I wrote, I tripped them through the process and they paid me like $5,000. And I was oh like, oh my word. Boy, what? <laughs> this is like, this is the problem. And this is what gets me so like riled up about stuff because there are people spending money with these people. And when I talk to my uh, my students, my members about saying how amazing they are, I talk about the fact of if you don't, someone else is going to, I mean, and by the way, I take my own advice, obviously not. Um, <laughs> I try and take my own advice. But like, you know, if you're if you're not shouting about it, they're going to go with someone else who is just because they have more confidence or because they think they're better. And actually they're going to go with them and they're not going to do very well. And then they're going to think everyone's terrible. So we have a right to our customers to go, no, actually I'm worth every single penny that you would ever pay me. 
I am very good at this stuff and come to me type thing, don't we? Yes. And I love what you were saying on your episodes, like, why are these people going to the people that come and coach with me? <laughs> you know, like- I know, like, honestly, it was driving me crazy. And, and it's something that I've got to work out in my brand, which is why we're going through a rebrand in terms of going, like, what is it? And, and you know, what's interesting as well, I've had some people join my membership saying I would have joined earlier, but I thought it was more, I thought you'd be more expensive. So it's almost like, and you said it right at the beginning that people are making a decision about you kind of regardless. Right. So, so that, that obviously is working somewhere because it's putting me up there, but then what it's doing is it's putting me up there at a price that my stuff actually wasn't at that point. It's getting up there now, but and and because I do want to really want to help people when they're getting started and when they're not at the position where they can pay into full memberships or whatever it is, I want to be able to go, I'm, I'm actually going to create, and we are in the process of thinking of what we can create, that is a, a lower cost something that helps people. So again, it's really tricky, isn't it? Because it's like, I want that persona, but I also want you to know that if you're getting started, it's okay because I'm doing something for you as well. So it can be really tricky, can't it? Yeah, it can be really tricky. And I think it can be done well. I was, there's this coach I admire and she is, I'm going to call her, she's Asian. And she was sharing how she has two ways to work with her. She was a, she has a $2,500 program. I think there's like around 500 people in there. And then she has a $30,000 mastermind that you have to pay in full to join. Why? And that's it. And then she has incredible content online. She has a $6, $6 course that I was like, oh, I want to see it. And then she has a $20 book. And she's like, you cannot afford me now to yeah. join the 2,500 course or to join. You can join. You can buy the book. You can buy mm. this $6 course. And then she has this $30,000 mastermind, which is like her favorite thing to do where she's the most giving mm. and present. And that's kind of what I see with you. Like your people get this like incredible access, what they're paying for it's access, but yes. everyone else gets, you know, a piece of the genius. Like the genius could be shared. The yeah. access is the one that you want to keep because yes. we are humans. We are not the super, like, I was like, I can help all the people. Oh, and I, know. I burned I'm out, you know, I am a yeah. nightmare. I just, just jumped off a call with someone. I was like, let's just get on a call. I can help you quicker. And she's a member. And so that's okay. She's a student, yeah. but, but still that's not part of what I offer, but I just can't <laughs> help myself because as well for you, the same as me, when it comes so easy to you, which I also think kicks in when we, we think about how we feel about ourselves with it in terms of imposter syndrome, when it is so easy and it is man, like I can see stuff within seconds of looking and I can, I ha- literally had like a 30 minute call with her and I was like, that's wrong. Change that. Do this, do this in a very nice way, obviously. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. when it's so easy, we just think, well, it's easy. So how on earth could I possibly charge for that? That is for me, the biggest like mind thing that I was stuck with. I agree. Like I was telling one of my friends too, because all his clients would do the same thing and all his clients were the same demographic. Christian mm-hmm. men, entrepreneurs that were looking for X, Y, Z. And I told him, why are you resisting it? And he's like, cause it's so easy. And I'm like, yes, because it's meant to, cause it's your son of genius. Yeah. And I think there was parts of me that I was like, it cannot be that this easy. Cause I was telling, mm, I, I, this week I have three clients and I rarely start with three at the same time. And it just happened that I had mm-hmm. kind of these calls and it just feels like a playground. Every time yeah. I, I'm done with a call, I'm just 
even more excited than I started the call. And I used to resist that so much. Like, this cannot be my job. And I used to give myself more work. I'm like, well, I need to do the research and I need to do the, yeah. now I have a copywriter. Now I have a researcher. Now, like, I just, my son of genius is being with the client and helping them see and helping them connect the dots. And then I brief my team and they do their magic. And it just feels, honestly, scary. <laughs> like, is, is, like the, could it be this easy? But yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people that have imposter syndrome is because of how easy it is for us. Yeah. Like I started charging, I started doing something lower to get for people to get to know me before they invest like $10,000 mm-hmm. in me. So I have a $1,000 call and I was like, first of all, who's going to spend that with me for 90? Like mm-hmm. I do 90 minutes. I already sold like 10, which is awesome. And it's just amazing what all the stuff that I can get done, because like you said, it's so easy. I yeah. can spot all the things. Like for someone, I almost a pull on brand strategy in that hour. Like, yeah. So- yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think, because I think people often have the mistake that when it comes to, so you've been in business a while, you've made some good money in the time you've done it. You've been really successful. And people think, well, it goes then, doesn't it? Imposter syndrome, it goes, you're done. Like once you've, like, once you've had it, once you, once you get past that stage, or if I earn this much, or if I get to speak on this stage, or if I get to sell this thing, it will go. And what's your experience of that? <laughs> uh, that's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> once it does, the, I don't yeah. know why, like everyone just makes the magical six figures. Once this happens, I'm going to be better. Like mm. I passed the six figures in eight months and I like, we're not by doing what I loved. And I, I was like, this is going to go to hell. Like all these things started happening. And I think what they say of like new level, new devil feels the same, yeah. but I think it's like new level, the same devil. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> just with a slightly different face on, but you're right. Yeah. It, it doesn't change. It hasn't changed at all. No matter what stage I've been in. And I think when I do so good, I almost have it stronger. Like I yeah. remember having my first like big month in business and then sharing with my mentor. And she's like, is it okay if I talk about it? I'm like, totally. Cause I want her to get more clients. Like she helped yeah, me. Yeah. Um, but after that email was out, I was depressed for a whole week. Cause I was like, that Martha maybe was a fluke. And like, what if she doesn't come back again? And oh, I cannot no. create the same result. You know, so I feel like at every level, like right now, right? Like you were saying, I, I grew and I, I, I just signed the contract with two more people this week to, to work for me one for full-time contractor and one for part-time contractor. And I'm like, you're growing. This is a thing. This is real. And a new level of imposter syndrome is coming into yeah. it. How am I going to do this? And I have my biggest month in business and I'm like, yay. And then the other part of it is like, that's a how are you going to sustain it? And yeah, yeah like it's, this is, this is a once and done happy. Like, enjoy it while you can. Because yeah, it's gonna be over. <laughs> next week you're going to be homeless. Like, <laughs> But that's seriously where our exactly brain goes that. to. Exactly that. I was like, I'm going to be under a bridge. Like, yeah. My coach was like, where's the words that can happen? I was like, I'm going to be outside under a bridge. Yeah. Just like, okay. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I did six figures. And now I knew it was happening though. I knew it was happening. But it's honestly, we are like, it's so difficult. So what, what do you do when you feel that? What sort of tools or things do you bring in that kind of help you go, okay, Let's just calm it down a bit. Absolutely. First of all, get supported. I think that for me, the, the biggest transformation in going to a coaching training program was like, this actually works. I, yeah. I used to think it was BS. 
honestly. Yeah. Um, so, and I hated asking for help. I thought it meant that was weak. So yeah. there's nothing like entrepreneurship to, <laughs> <laughs> to make you realize. Yeah. So I would say the first thing for me is build a support system. If you can afford it, get a coach. Um, my life coach has been my lifeline. I wouldn't have this business if it wasn't for her support. I wouldn't have created this. Uh, starting this year, I also started therapy because yeah. we got through so much as entrepreneurs <sighs> and having both a therapy and a coach has been absolutely life-changing. Uh, I <laughs> I think I pay more for my coach than I pay more for, for my rent in New York. I pay more for my coach than my rent in New York and it's worth every penny. Like you were saying, yeah. like work with me because working with her is worth every penny. And when I tell my Mexican people, you know, cause the exchange is like one to 20, they're like, you pay how much? That's like a nice house in here. And I'm like, <laughs> I know, but my coach is worth the night is worth the nice house, you know? Yeah. So if you can get supported with a coach or in a therapist that has been insanely amazing business, best friends. So I have a group of people that I rely on because my friends understand me, but they don't understand me. No, um, and not at all. And I love them, but they don't understand what I'm going no. through at all. And they can't relate to it. They can't support us with the stuff that we're going through because it's just not the same. It's not the same thing, is it? So I think you're right. And funnily enough, we literally just did something in my membership the other day uh, where Rachel Rogers talks about your million dollar squad. And she's right. You need those people around you. We can't do this on our own. And it's a mistake to think we can, but we can't. Like you said, a coach, a therapist, a whole team of other business owners, other entrepreneurs, other people, they don't even have to be in the same industry. They don't have to do the same thing. You just need those people around you. Yeah. And I have many in different industries. One is like a course creator, one is in, but my very, very close actually came from our membership that we're together in. Uh, one of them is my friend that's a photographer, the one that took my photos, which she's incredible, the Molly. And she's, again, a photographer. So we kind of adjacent, but not really the same thing. Yeah. And then the other one, it's a coach for single women that want to learn how to date with boundaries and all of this for Lee. And she's insanely amazing. So having them both, you know, yeah. we have a boxer channel when we come and celebrate things, but also come and cry about things yeah, and come yeah. and ask for support. Like, it's just such a cool thing that we can have that line open because it happens, you know, like you said, we could be in the middle of the best week ever and then have a breakdown and be like, oh, this is happening. I yeah. just feel like, and yeah. get reminded of what are you doing? Why are you doing it? How freaking amazing you are by having the business that you have, by like to mm -hmm. being a woman and the three of us are in New York, like being a woman in New York, that it's, you know, two of us are a minority and the stuff that we've done is not normal and it's not easy and it's okay. And like just having that to fall back to, like you said, that million dollar squat is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, my tools personally is just what sources me. Like I created a list of the things that source me. So some of the things that source me are just getting on a walk. By, I live by the water in New York, so I just go oh, and walk nice. by the water. I love the water so much. It relaxes me. I don't know if I would like to go and walk by the water now because it's really cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. love to walk by the water. Yeah. Um, I love reading. So I know that reading a novel would just put me in my, in my zen. So like having those things for me to first self-care. Um, yeah. Honestly, I'm an Enneagram too. And I don't know how familiar with the Enneagram, but it's called The Helper. 
I thought it how uncool it was. I did the test five times. I was like, I need to be something cooler. Like the helpers <laughs> are so boring. You've got to be wrong. I can't be Enneagram too. Like I've got to be something different. That's so funny. <laughs> and my partner's a seven, like the fun one. I'm like, I am fun. I shouldn't be a seven. Like, what is this? This is a fluke. Um, anyway, I learned that I also had needs and I could be human. So like going back to that, like remind reminders, a lot of reminders, but I have reminders around my house. Like it's okay to be human. Because I, I would be, it would be days that I would tell my partner, but I don't want to be human. I just want to be perfect. Like, and, uh, or I just don't want to be a grown up today. Like, do I really have to go and be a grown up? Please, can I just <laughs> stay in bed? And like, when you when you have your own business, it's really hard to call in sick. Like, you don't really ever call in sick. You just get on with it. And I, you know, I was talking to someone, and they were saying that they'd had a really bad week, and they were struggling, and they were beating themselves up because they hadn't been uber proactive in their business, or they hadn't hustled, or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, if you were employed, you'd have just taken time off. Like, yeah. you haven't, and you're here on a call with me, and you're still showing up. Like, high five yourself all day long because you are doing an amazing job. I think we just put too much pressure on ourselves to be perfect. I agree. And I love what you said about the time, taking the time off. Cause I remember how hard, so hard it was for me. Cause even as an employee, like I will go with fever into the office and they'll kick me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, go the hell back home. Um, but I, I suffered from chronic migraines and there were days that I was like, and you know, my work is just so one-on-one and so personal. I cannot be there like that no. with my sunglasses or something. So yeah, yeah. I had to tell my assistant, hey, cancel all the calls today and move them and like find a place for them. And I had such a hard time with it. I was like, I'm such horrible, like all the things, you know, like human, well, like how can I be so unreliable? I am so flaky versus, hey, I'm taking care of myself so I can show up so much more powerfully and beautiful for them. Yes. And all my clients have responded with so much grace and it shows also like the people that you attract, right? Like, yes. they're, they, like if they're they didn't, you don't want them as a client. If they're absolutely livid that you didn't show up because you've got a migraine, they are not someone I'd want to work with. Like, no, thank you. Exactly. Absolutely. But I love that. Like for the longest time, I didn't even share that I have chronic migraines. I'm like, oh, yeah. and I look certain way, right? Like, yeah. And it's obviously going to be a weakness and I shouldn't talk about that. And yeah, we are funny, aren't we? That we just, you know, behave like this. It's really, really ridiculous. But Martha, you've been so wonderful. I've learned so much. It's been ace. Really, really good talking to you. Thank you for taking the time to come on. So where do you hang out most? I will obviously link up to everything in the show notes, but where can people come and say hi? Thank you. They can come and say hi in my personal Facebook. I use it as like my business Facebook now. Um, they can also come and say hi on my Instagram. So it's Martha Cristina, Martha with an H, Cristina with no H. Um, very Mexican of me. And <laughs> my website is saying MarthaGarza.com. So I'm I'm mostly on yeah. Facebook and Instagram. Sometimes on LinkedIn. I am trying to show up more. Mm, but, you know, it's hard. We'll it's get hard there. doing them all. <laughs> hard doing them all. Martha, thank you so very much. It's been fabulous to have you on. I had so much fun. This is one of the, like, probably the podcast I've laughed the most. So thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful. Awesome. There we go. I really hope you took some good takeaways from that. I really enjoyed that chat with her. She was lovely. Please do share the love with us. Let us know what you thought. 
tag us in social media posts, put us on your stories, share the podcast. We would love that. Okay, I am back next week. We're going to be talking about a mindset next week. So be ready and I will see you then. Thank you so much for listening to Your Dream Business Podcast. And if you loved this episode, then please feel free to go and share it on your social media or head over to iTunes and give me a review. I would be so very grateful.